What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, we're battling again. We're doing a head-to-head, a versus, two horror titans remade. Worse? Question mark? (laughs) We shall find out. (laughs) But to do so, we decided we needed a little bit of help so we decided to enlist our homies from the Fright Crew. We have Jensen and Courtney. Hello. Hello. Hi. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> I don't know. I'm at work right now. No. <laughs> Just on my lunch break. Quick, quick 30. Quick 30 to hop yeah. on and, and, <laughs> and do this little, Discuss verse, these this little amazing versus films. thing you wanted to do. <laughs> Discuss these... Um, these absolute bangers mm-hmm. of remakes, which I, I gotta be honest, I'm sensing a little bit of sarcasm, but you know what? Maybe that's just me. Mm, well, it's <laughs> it's a mystery for now. We'll find we out. Shall, we'll find out the truth. Yeah, we'll find out. We got a discussion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Also, first of all, if you homies have not heard our episode that we did over on their podcast where we covered Skinnamarink, you should. Do that. You yeah, should you for really should. sure go listen to that. See our thoughts on that because we had a lot of them. Uh, yeah. So please go check that out. Also check out their other episodes as well, and then come back and listen to our versus episode today. Um, and so first things first. Before we even get into the remakes that we're going to be talking about. I did want to hear from both of you about your history and your feelings towards Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street, those franchises, because I feel like everybody knows how we feel about like Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. We've covered the first Friday the 13th, kind of gotten some of our feelings about those ones out and about. Um, mm. But how do you guys feel about these movies? How do you feel about Jason and Freddy? Do you have any favorites out of them? Well, I definitely know that whatever, I'll let Courtney start, but like whatever she says, <laughs> we have the same backstory with horror. It's such a fucking <laughs> weird thing. So whatever she says, it's the same shit that happened to me. So <laughs> I know we're, we're trying to step out of our comfort zone on stuff. So we have different opinions, but it's still, we usually end up having the same opinion too. So we'll see. But for me, the nightmare on Elm street, um, those ones were always my favorite. Um, they still are. Like I would say it's hard for me to choose like which franchise is like number one in my heart, but that one's like pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the original nightmare on Elm street is one of my all time favorite movies. And the other ones are good, too. Like, I I do really enjoy, like, the first three. When it kind of gets past that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if if I'm, like, as big of a fan as those. But um, same with, like, Friday the 13th. I used to watch those as a kid. Like, I would up in all hours of the night just watching those. Um, I just remember them coming on TV. And I used to be absolutely freaking terrified. Um, (laughs) Now, like, after seeing so many other movies, I'm like, 
I don't know why I was so afraid of these, but um, (laughs) I still love them very much. Like I hold them very dear to my heart and I don't watch them as much as I used to. I I need to um, just for like the nostalgia stuff, but I do love both of them. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Like all of both franchises? I have. All of the installments? Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because we did we did an episode where we covered the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and me and Jensen had like a week and a half to watch every single one of the movies. And I had already <laughs> seen most of them, but it was a long time ago. So rewatching yeah. them, like we were, I swear to God, I was hallucinating. I was having nightmares. <laughs> and I was like, I just need to watch. You do be like that. <laughs> like, yes. But I'm like, I'm, where, am I living in like a fucking alternate universe? Um, but we did it and I'm like I'm glad that we did because like it's fresh in my brain yeah all of them but it was tough Mm -hmm. it was really tough especially on some of those I was like oh my god yeah when you start to get later into I honestly I feel like both franchises it starts to feel like a little bit of a slog because it's like how do they come up with so many ideas they're they're just like okay let's just do that yeah she'll like eat herself to death sure yeah it's like yeah sure whatever or even with jason and once you get to jason goes to hell and the parasite and the baby it's like y'all really were throwing (laughs) shit at the wall at this point and hoping something stuck and you said you know what put it all in the movie so Mm -hmm. yeah it gets a little bit dicey there at the end for some of these (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did that whole uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise coverage uh, with the horror bandwagon. Shameless mm. shout out to them, oh, of course. Love them. Uh, love them. Yeah. Love yeah. Them. They, we actually, when we have guests on, we usually let the guests pick what they want to do. Um, except for when you guys were on. I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of sailed that you. ship into the ground. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were like, can we do all of Nightmare on Elm Street? And I just was like, oh, <laughs> so, but we did our thing and like we can't we, say no. yeah yeah we can't say no to those two cuties so <laughs> we did it and like courtney said just felt like i was living in like liminal space or something it was so <laughs> weird mm-hmm. but yeah and and i guess our backgrounds aren't entirely the same because like for me and i'm on elm street was definitely probably higher in the pantheon of like like the main horror villains that we know you know freddy's definitely up there but it's actually funny because, you know, if we take like what, like the five horsemen of, of like villains, it's what like Ghostface, Leatherface, um, Freddy, Jason and Michael Myers, I feel like are like yeah. the main, main five. Yeah. And definitely not to throw shade at anyone, but I feel like these two are the lowest Freddy being last for me. As oh. cr- I know, I know. I, I mean, I could leave. I can leave. I don't care. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean. I don't like Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just that out of those five, I do prefer the other ones. I mean, anyone mm-hmm. who listens to like our podcast knows like I'm a big chill for Leatherface Bubba. He's my he's my little dude. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, I mean, growing up like the original we had on DVD and it definitely scarred me quite a bit, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. And seeing young Johnny Depp and everything. Um, and then like Jason, you know, what's actually crazy is I feel like it was one of those movies that per usual in the horror community, we have like so many movies that kind of slip by us um, mm-hmm. that we've just kind of like you, Roshane, you said that you haven't seen this remake. We'll get mm-hmm. there. But um, there's so many that end up like slipping by. So I hadn't, I actually hadn't seen like Friday the 13th, the original until I was like maybe 18. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even see it as a kid. I saw some other ones, but, 
and it was more of like in and out like put it on tv like what, what did it always used to play on like sci-fi i feel like uh, sci-fi like amc, AMC something yeah, usa like late night stuff yeah. yeah so i would just kind of throw it on and and i do i do love you know, hockey mask, Jason, but baghead Jason rips the most. Let's just, put that <laughs> I um, just yeah. which we do get some of that in this one. So that's we good. do, yeah. we do, yeah. but not as clumsy as the original baghead mm. Jason, mm-hmm. who is an absolute klutz. And I think that's what <laughs> yeah. I like about no, him. No blue and black flannels either. Yeah. Shucks. But. Did we cover the entire Friday the 13th franchise as well? Cause I'm remembering that in my brain, but I might be imagining things. We did. Um, but that okay, I episode so. is archived. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, that's just so. for us now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting though that you say that. Cause I feel like Jason to me was the out of our, our big, our big five. Jason to me, I think was the only one that never gave me nightmares or like never scared me. Mm. Um, but I just think that that's because of the nature of the story of Friday the 13th couldn't relate. Wasn't going to be me. Never would. Never will. So I was like, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but I also just think there is something about Jason that didn't strike me as much as the other ones, particularly Freddy. Like Freddy was mom besides Leatherface because I've got a thing like a thing about chainsaws. But Freddy for me was always like nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. Um so mm-hmm. it took me a while to get to get into Friday the 13th, I think as a result, but once I did, I was like these are fun. These are these are a good time. <laughs> yeah. That's it, and it's kind of funny too cuz like on the flip side, Jensen, for me for the longest time Jason's actually been on the bottom of mm-hmm. my uh of my big 5, but I strike a lot of that up to just not having a lot of knowledge about Jason and the Friday the 13th franchise in general, Mm -hmm. because I didn't get into the franchise until well into my teen years. And I'm pretty sure like Jason X was my first intro Mm. into Jason. Um, And so like going from there, seeing like that, like Freddy versus Jason and like all of the later Jason entries, even like Jason goes to Manhattan, like I've seen those. But it took me a long time to actually go back and see, like, the origin stories of things. And, like, sure. I, I still actually have only seen the first two. Okay. Mm. Um, it was one of those things where, although he was on my bottom, he still intimidated me, I think, more sure. than any of the other ones. I mean, Leatherface is up there, too. I feel, I feel like the two of them as, like, the big brooding guys have always gotten to me. Mm-hmm. But as far as all of them, Jason was the one that I never wanted to be, like, you know running away caught from. caught in an alley yeah with. Mm-hmm. terrifying well that's i am interested though to see if that feeling still applies to the jason that we get in the remake because i will say the jason and the freddy that we get in these remakes are quite different than mm-hmm. the previous iterations of both characters that we have seen and grown up with um so I think it's time that we slip into the remakes, which I'm very, very excited about because I've been wanting to talk about specifically the Nightmare on Elm Street remake since we started the podcast. Um, (laughs) It just worked out that I was like, oh, we can compare the two because they came out so close to each other. And this is like our version of Freddy versus Jason, because I feel like they kind of battled each other like one one right after the other of how well they were going to do. But if I'm being honest, this was all a ploy just for me to talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. 
So, you know, I just wanted to be I'm honest. I'm a trend this year with your with with some of the movies you're bringing to the podcast. As don't even act like you haven't been <laughs> like you didn't you didn't also be throwing some stuff, aka oh let's do what if we did all of the Last of Us? Okay, all right, all right. you <laughs> know what? We, we, yeah. we have guests. All right, we'll sell this when Sorry. we're when we're not recording. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, before we jump into it, I mm -hmm. definitely want to, I know we're like a few weeks after the announcement of a hundred K fucking downloads. Um, but yes. sincerely from the fright crew, like we fucking love the shit out of you guys and you guys earn every one of those hundred K downloads. You guys are incredible. Thank you. And shout out to we your, were gushing your about family this last week when we talked. Your homies. <laughs> thank, yeah, you. thank you. Guys. It's just such a cool milestone that a lot of people get caught up in the numbers and you guys have just stayed true to yourselves and been the homies. Like I said it when you guys were on our podcast, Mondays are a friendly day. I'm fucking <laughs> stoked to be alive when usually, uh, Courtney, you get the Sunday scaries real bad, but Monday it hits and you're like, okay, life yeah. is a little better. So, Oh yeah. It's like you see the rain or the sun from the rain clouds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank but like, you. shout out to your guys' uh, you know, your listeners, because they don't probably understand how big of a feat 100K downloads from just starting during COVID, like we all did, you know, um, mm -hmm. just getting that like out of just talking. It's like insane. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to you guys uh, and just stay stoked. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so sweet. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah, I was not ready for that. <laughs> Thank you. No, seriously. We're all just crying. Yeah, cry. we're, all like, cry. we're all like upset. Everybody's like <laughs> sobbing. There's an immediate cut and next thing you know, it's like the middle of the synopsis starts and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> But seriously, thank you. That means so, so much. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, thank you. It really does. And also, too, I just want to say I am also very excited that we're still in this journey together mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. starting like around the same time. And I'm so happy that we finally have you guys on because this has been a long yeah. time coming, um, which is partly due to me and Roshane like trying to figure out how to schedule and like actually be proactive adults yeah, and like no. pre-plan. <laughs> <laughs> we've been so bad about this is the first year that we've actually like planned things ahead of time because yeah. Mm -hmm. From the beginning of the podcast, we really have flown by like the seat of our like we would be choosing basically the day before we recorded. We'd be like, "What do we want to talk about?" That's <laughs> why we're getting better at <laughs> at pre planning. Um, so this has been a long time coming. I'm so so excited that you guys are finally on here, and yeah. I'm so excited to break down these movies with you guys. <laughs> yes, but let's go ahead and get into the stats for our two competitors for today. So in that case, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory and you have been warned, but Erica, take it away from your side of the ring. In this corner, coming out in 2010 and weighing in at 95 minutes, directed by Samuel Bear and starring Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street. And in this corner, coming out in 2009, weighing in at 97 minutes, directed by Marcus Nispel, starring Derek Mears as Jason Voorhees. We have Friday the 13th. 
as always, we have broken this down into categories. Each category will come out with a winner. And by the end of this, we will have the remake of all remakes. That is the overall winner. I will just say for anybody who's wondering why we didn't include um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in this battle. It's because it's so freaking good. And it just didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Um, I feel like these ones are on a little bit more even ground. And also, too, I like that these came out so close together because I feel like this was a very specific time in horror. And they mm-hmm. both kind of have a very similar tone just from being like distributed at that mid 2000s time so oh yeah oh yeah i feel like during this time is when everybody like you could just smell everything like the set (laughs) just smelled like cheetos and beer like bud light you know yeah it just feels gross that's a very accurate description of early 2000s especially horror yeah Yeah. yes and And everything was green and blue filtered you know yeah yeah that's easy hands down and a lot of nipples and tits oh my god so many everything had this very specific hue and also Katie Cassidy I'm surprised was not in both movies because she was the (laughs) remake queen around this time however we do have one actor who is in both movies because Mm -hmm. these movies were distributed by the same uh, production company Mm -hmm. and also Friday the 13th was directed by the same director who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre so it's all connected it's all connected, guys. It all comes back around. <laughs> the yarn is on the board, like, yeah. flowing <laughs> like, through each one. Everything yeah. comes back to the middle, so don't worry. It's still in Planet there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, first category, we're going to go with characters for the first category, just to lay out the groundwork. Um, So, the very first thing that I want to say about the characters, just to get this out in the open... To be fair, I think particularly for Friday the 13th, I will say I do think they had a little bit of an easier time because Friday the 13th is one series where characters are not that important. Like when I think of those movies, I never think of the characters. I never really there are maybe specific people who stick out to me because they have like very specific attributes to them or because maybe their kills were special. But at the end of the day, it's a bunch of horny teens in the woods. And so as long as I feel like you hit that, you're in a good place. So mm-hmm. I will say Friday the 13th, I think, was able to have a little bit of wiggle room. Whereas A Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like the characters are really important. At least to me, the characters to me are more important in that franchise, in that movie And so maybe I was putting a little bit more like expectations on that. But boy, did they not even get close to the bar that I said. (laughs) They're not even off the floor, unfortunately, in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Sleeping. I was on the edge of my (laughs) seat wondering what direction you were going with that, Those characters are 10 feet underground. They're just (laughs) bad. They're like, why is everybody so I was about to say, why is everybody so tired? But I, but I truly mean. <laughs> but I, actually, though. But actually, I Very feel like. Very dreary. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. It feels like everybody is just so, there's like nothing there. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing I mean, behind the eyes. <laughs> and not to be like a contrarian, but I actually feel 
personally like the opposite for some reason like mm. looking back at the friday the 13th franchise i feel like there's so many like standout characters that are just like like uh i forget which i think it's the second one i could be very wrong but like the the chick the hitchhiker that's like you need a banana <laughs> and like crazy frank or oh, whatever yeah. like the older guy in <laughs> yeah. town like or Ralph. the dude in the wheelchair like, yeah. like i feel like they have like these characteristics that actually really stand out compared to like when i think back at the entire franchise of a nightmare on elm street i can't think of a whole lot of like i can think of some but not a whole mm. lot of characters that really stand out to me um i think that maybe like their acting has to lend to a little bit more toward the yeah. role because you know and i'll just hop into it like Rooney Mara absolutely disrespected us. <laughs> I don't yeah, know did. if we agree with that. Yeah, but no, we're on the same page with that. Okay. And she, I believe I've heard a, like a rumor or a story that she like actively hated what she was doing. Yeah. She didn't like it from yeah. what, from what I've read is she yeah. was not like into the film, nor did she enjoy the process of filming, mm -hmm. um, which you can tell. tell. You can tell. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer because I I feel as though they tried so hard to do something different with Nancy, but I think they took it too far. And mm -hmm. so I don't think they quite understood what type of character they were trying to create. And then as a result, I feel like that trickled into the acting where I feel like Rooney Mara was like, what am I doing here like what exactly mm. am i supposed to be and then yeah it really does feel like she's not very invested in anything that is happening which is kind of the worst thing for a character like nancy the final girl of the film who you're supposed to be rooting for this is honestly one instance where i feel like katie cassidy should have been nancy because mm. i feel like for what she did in this movie i feel like she was kind of giving it her all now not to she didn't have very much to work with but i feel like for what she was given she does a pretty good job and i honestly could see them flipping roles because katie cassidy is obvious was obviously into horror movies and i probably would have been more into it at least <laughs> I mean, I agree with that, but I will slightly devil's advocate with the fact that although she did great in the time that we had her on screen, we also had less time with her. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot less room for error there, I think. Um, but I think for what we did see, we did see a strong performance. And even though it's a slightly off topic of character, but... I did, for whatever reason, find her getting flopped around that room very humorous. I don't know if it was just like the way that it was shot or the way that she was like clunking against the walls. Yes. But it was kind of funny. It's, uh, <laughs> it's funny because you almost imagine Freddie bitch slapping her everywhere because there's no blood happening. It's just she's just being like tossed against the walls mm -hmm. at first. There were, there were just a couple of shots in there that for whatever reason reminded me of like scary movie and stuff. I don't know why. But yeah. getting up, that's getting off topic. I, I still think that I agree with what you're saying in terms of like seeing her as Nancy probably would have elevated, especially like the latter half of the film when it's mm -hmm. just Nancy and Quentin. But I, again, not, not to disrespect. And of course, if it's not the actual truth, then okay. But like, I really feel like when somebody doesn't want to be somewhere, you can feel it. And like, after reading that, it just clicked in. So it just didn't feel like she wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. And that I think translated into the character not 
really giving stakes, at least for me. Like, I felt like a lot of the times that she was on screen, Nancy, as far as the franchise goes, is supposed to be somebody that you care about, that you're rooting for. And I always wanted to swap to a different character. Mm-hmm. And I I felt bad about that because I'm like, I, I know you're about to be the final girl, but it just wasn't, it was not hitting for me. Yeah. You're like, maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> and, you should go to sleep. <laughs> and like, I, of course, like if you was, I always hate like going after anyone's like acting, right? Like always like separate mm-hmm. the, the performance from the actual film itself because you never know all the different factors that go in there. But this is one of the cases where it's like, this is such an integral part of this story and such a big role for what's going to happen in this film that if it's not up there with where you need it to be, like it's going to bring the entire film down a peg. Yeah, well, but also too, I think especially because we know Rooney Mara is a fantastic actress. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. She has shown that she is very, very capable of playing all types of roles. I just don't think this was the role. I don't think this role fit her. And mm. it just was not meant to be. And that's okay. But <laughs> we do have our boy. I can see clearly now the rain, <laughs> the is, rain gone. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Which I actually, I liked him in this one. Yeah. That is Courtney's boy, for sure. Right? Kyle Gallner? Oh, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer's body. My king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you like him in this? I did. Because he's like that, like, dreary, like, sad boy. And I'm like, that's that's my guy. <laughs> that's what I like. That's what I like about him. I'm like, say less. <laughs> that's why I watch these movies. Although, like, I liked his sad boy energy in this. I also think that might have played a role into one of my issues is I think Quentin and Nancy's energy was too similar. Like, I think they needed <laughs> they, they needed some some contrast there because like both of them oh, yeah. were just like in that same space of like, I'm tired and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. There was one too many people wearing eyeliner, right? And the plot, yeah, the plot <laughs> device that everyone hasn't slept for a while. Yeah, it's there. But like. We expect that. You gotta you gotta give me something more. Right. Yeah. I just wanted a little bit something different, I think, from Nancy. Like I said, I don't think it was a bad idea to make her different from who she was before. Um, but I do think that there was a middle ground and she didn't have to be like, Don't you get it? I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. Like that more she's like, I don't fit in with anybody. I was like, Nancy, what do you mean? You have Friend, like I've seen you talk to every single person in this movie. I like I don't understand what you. You're class valedictorian. (laughs) Yeah, you're like valedictorian. You, you. She's trying to be relatable. Yeah, but it it irritated me when she said that. She's like, I don't have, I don't fit in. (laughs) Nancy, that seems like it's by choice, which is fine Mm. if you don't want to be like if you don't want to be friends with people. But it just was a was a bizarre moment for me. Well, I think it's that time, right? It's those those 2010s. Like, there were a lot of characters like that portrayed in our horror films where they were just like these, like, sad boys and sad girls or whatever, sad they thems. And it's fine. It's just like, um, I was going to also add that, like, when we're comparing this Nancy to the OG Nancy, one of literally the best fucking final girls out there, dude. One of the best. It is such a stark comparison to be like, yo, look at this compared to this, where she is literally just sleeping, dude. (laughs) like yeah (laughs) yeah that's the thing is it's it doesn't feel like which oh i'll i i think part of my problem with nancy ties into my problem with the story i don't think it's a complete nancy problem i think it's also kind of a problem just with the story overall so when we get into that section 
I'll go a little bit, I'll go a little bit harder on Nancy, not because it's her fault, but because I do think that the story does a disservice to her as a final girl. I feel like it takes away some of her power. So that's also a little bit of a problem. But on the inverse of that, I actually really like the characters in Friday the 13th. I mean, I just feel like for what they're meant to be, like silly, like, you know, just dumb teenagers. I feel like they I feel like they're more self-aware of like, we know what we're trying to do. And this is it. Like, here they are. They're going to take their top off. Why? I don't know. Because they can. (laughs) My my one qualm with the characters in that is I do think that what is see this is where i have my notes in my phone and i'm like i hope you're about to talk about lawrence because we're going to talk about lawrence we're going to talk about lawrence before before we get to lawrence <laughs> okay right, I, was just, I was making sure that before he was on the list of people we're going to talk about before we get to lawrence i will say jenna and trent's relationship to me is very bizarre and i don't understand why they had to be boyfriend and girlfriend i feel like their whole storyline would have made more sense if they were exes and trent wanted to maybe get jenna back but then she ditches him for this guy all day and so then he like is like okay whatever then i'll have sex with this other girl the fact that they are actually boyfriend and girlfriend and when we first meet them they seem like they can't stand a single thing about each other is very strange to me yeah i see that i could have also gone with them also being siblings like i could have done with a second (laughs) pair of siblings yeah instead because like halfway through the film i forgot that they were even a couple uh mostly because they're never like they spend very little time in the same space with each other so i'm like yeah i mean anytime trent touches jenna she's like ready to throw up and then he when he's having sex with the other girl he's like talking to her through the door and he's like we're busy babe while he's <laughs> like thrusting into another girl guy. it's just strange <laughs> guy let's talk <laughs> i i'm kind of at a crossroads because i agree with you that i like the characters in friday friday the 13th more but they were just so caricature They had so you were right. They had a little bit of knowledge and self-awareness to like play against that. But for the most part, they still fit their roles pretty heavily, mm-hmm. especially our boy Lawrence, unfortunately, which I actually do not fault the actor. I definitely <laughs> fault the script on that one. Mm-hmm. But I think although I liked it more, I think it's just because there was something for me to actually latch on to. With the characters in Friday the 13th, because they were caricature because they were hitting stereotypes, I knew what everyone was supposed to be. And so, like, I think that my expectations for them were just set from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Nightmare on Elm Street, outside of being possible little callbacks to other characters from the original franchise, I always had to, like, try and figure out, like, what what's everybody's MO? Like, what's what's making them tick and i feel like because a lot of those performances are a bit more subdued due to the state of all the characters i end up like not attaching myself to anybody like yeah i have the character list pulled up on my phone with pictures because i'm like i'm gonna have no (laughs) idea who we're talking about unless i see a face that's what i was doing was i was pulling it up because i was i was gonna just one little thing is clay and trent kind of low-key have the same hair of that same (laughs) late 2000s haircut (laughs) that every white dude had so Mm -hmm. yeah it sends me i don't know i mean i i definitely agree and and that kind of like buys into what we were saying earlier is that like i do feel like Friday the 13th characters are quirkier 
they have like a quirk and they're more like caricatures, like you said, Roshane. And maybe that's why they stand out a little bit more, more to me. Like it's mm. weird to compare Friday the 13th to a nightmare on Elm street in a way, because Friday the 13th is like tried and true slasher. Mm-hmm. It's literally like what slasher came from, right? That and like Halloween and, but mostly Friday the 13th, dude, the campsite, everything. And nightmare on Elm street is way more like supernatural. And it's so weird that it actually gets like pulled into slasher genre Mm -hmm. because it's like so much different you know and i know like jason throughout the franchise kind of like gains these powers and stuff if you think about it but i don't know yeah the characters definitely like hit these marks of being caricatures like you said and then nightmare on elm street they usually have more depth just not in this one (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh what about for everybody since we're still on characters though are our big boys are our two villains and like their representations Mm. in these remakes how do we feel um i will say i actually think jackie earl haley was a great choice for freddy I remember when this got announced, I was actually really, really excited for him to play Freddy because I really like him in Watchmen. And I was like, oh, that just makes a lot of sense. Like, I was like, yeah, that feels right to me. And I will still stand by that even with the movie that we got that I still think he's doing the best at what was given. I just don't think that Freddy I don't love Freddy's persona in this and that's not even to say that I think he needs to be like jokey jokey hammy Freddy where he's like like I don't think he needs to be doing all that at the same time I don't mind him being you know a little bit more dark and serious I just feel like uh, I don't know there's like a weird disconnect to me where it just feels like he feels like he's been stripped of anything that makes him special. And so this could be any guy who's just burnt and you couldn't tell me anything different. And I think a lot of that has to do also with the motivation, which only ties back into the story Mm -hmm. issues that I have. But I do think that there's just something about him that feels like I wish they gave him more room to play than they do i feel like they kind of like were very much like no he has to be serious and like this and he has to be creepy and kind of like a pervert and mm-hmm. that's all he is and i don't think it lead gives him very much to like be more than that which kind of feels like a bummer yeah it's kind of the hard thing though in terms of like this versus and like what you are trying to capture with these characters right because like Jason has the luxury of wearing a mask and not talking. So, like, you don't really have to recreate any kind of persona. You just need to recreate the intimidation factor of Jason. And then, like, mm-hmm. in the in this one, we did have some reimagining of, like, how Jason operates and whatnot. But with Freddy and with Robert England, like, we have a very specific persona that we attach to this character. So trying to do any sort of remake or reboot without him in the casting it's very difficult because like we've brought up in all of our nightmare episodes like thing that's special about freddy is he talks and he talks a lot getting to know him for so long for so many years and then having this like you said more serious kind of subdued version of him it's really hard at least it was for me to to separate the two in my head 
And like, I, I could tell that he wasn't doing a bad performance. Like, I, I didn't think that he did a bad job in the character. I'm just so, so used to the other Freddy's personality that it was really hard to get on board with this one. Mm. I'm see, and I feel like I, I, I do see where you're coming from there, but I think even without comparing him to Robert like England's performance, I still think that he's just like not anything. There's like nothing special happening because I almost feel like he talks too much in this movie. Like this man is giving out whole monologues. He's like just explaining the plot. He's like, oh, here's what happened. X, Y, and Z. Here's what's about to happen. Blah, blah, blah. Like he talks so much, um, but he doesn't get to do any like thing fun with it because I think we've had characters who like, or maybe one-off characters who kind of make this like personality for themselves, like Wishmaster or like Pennywise, mm-hmm. like these characters where, you know, they can be different. I think especially when you take a character like Pennywise, who for the longest time I saw as Tim Curry, but like that's fair. was also mm-hmm. remade and had its own thing and was successful. Honestly, for me, I think the biggest issue with Freddy is I really just think that he talks too much, but every time he talks, it's so boring that you're mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe you should. I think they could have cut out a lot of his oh lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going a little hard on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to lick you or whatever. The fuck. All right, dude, chill yeah. Out. I was like, okay. <laughs> I think they could have cut like some of his lines and had him be a little bit more um, like a quiet kind of mysterious guy. Because if you even think about it in the original Friday the 13th, um, that's the least that Freddy talks is in that Mm -hmm. movie. Right. And if that's what they were like pulling from, then just stay with that. And then also, I know it's like jumping a little bit into the story, but it lends to his character. So I got to talk about it is Mm -hmm. that the fact that they canonize him being a pedophile kind of like makes those comments later in the film after we find out very, very uncomfortable. And there's like mm-hmm. no more playtime with it because part of it in the rest of the franchise is like, he's a fun character, mm-hmm. like Loki a little bit, you know, but with this one, it's like now that we have been confirmed in this universe that he is a pedophile. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, <laughs> like what the fuck? Big gross. Dude? Yeah. 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 Like big gross. So it just, it makes it uncomfortable. And like, his his little quips and stuff are not at all to an ounce laughable. And so yeah. it just makes everything very no, uncomfortable. They don't hit the way they do in the other ones. Like the original, it's a way different feel. Because like in those ones, it's like yeah. kind of funny. You can laugh at it. And in this one, like you feel like you're going to crawl out of your skin. Yeah. He's, uh, he's real creepy in this one. And like I'm just so uncomfortable, which... Honestly, like I said, I'm like, if that's the way you guys wanted to go and you wanted to make it different, that's cool. But um, it's 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 just not it's not hitting for me as much as I would love for it to. But like I said, Jackie Earl Haley is a good choice. I think not just not like he matches that, but I just feel like he like per he per he kind of like gives across, I think, what they were wanting and does it well. I just think that the writing doesn't lend itself to freddy because i think they just make him kind of an exposition like the second half of the movie i feel like he becomes this like exposition monster and mm-hmm. like it's that's all he is is he's like remember and I'm yeah. like, bro <laughs> stop so that's the only thing with him but with jason you're right it's a little bit easier it's not like they had to rewrite his personality or anything they just had yeah. to kind of decide what kind of like 
imposing figure he was gonna be and i yeah. actually really like what this jason to me is very scary um very mm -hmm. quick very mm -hmm. brutal very vicious um and i think also that has to do with the way that they kind of added on to his character in this one because both characters i do think they added on to but i just feel like jason's to me worked more towards the character whereas freddy's worked against his character yeah, I, I agree with that. And Jason, I really enjoyed this whole like hunter trapper addition that they made to him in terms of like, like he's setting bear traps and like he's more of a survivalist in this one, which I actually mm -hmm. did enjoy. I thought that that was a nice like sidestep for Jason in terms of like his personality, quote unquote. Um, and I think it added to his scare factor a bit and just knowing that he wasn't just some bumbling guy in the woods. Like he was crafty. He knew what he was doing. And there was like motive behind each move that he was making. Like that to me added on to the character. Um, you know, whereas with Freddie, he was just a pedophile. So, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> the question that's burning in all of our minds is what if Uber Jason from Jason X would have been in this remake? <laughs> Super cool, man. <laughs> Look, everybody hates on Uber Jason, but I oh, like him. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on. Just whole ass space suit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for me and my like overall thoughts on the characters. Does anybody have anything they want to add for any specific characters or for either movie? Well, one you alluded to is Aaron Yu. He's in both yeah. films. Mm -hmm. um, he does, I mean... Yet again, Nightmare on Elm Street, he gets disrespected, I think. <laughs> I mean, with his end, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. But as for Friday the 13th, he's actually one of my favorite characters. Um, I think a lot of people would agree. He's just like this like lovable stoner type character that also like a huge uh, comfort movie for me is Disturbia. I think for you mm. too, Courtney, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and he's in that too. And He's just just such a charming little guy. And I love him yeah, so much. Yeah, and like his death at... is wild, and mm -hmm. like hearing behind the scenes and stuff that he was like totally down to like go for it. He just he's like a really cool person. He seems like so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like him. He's so good at playing like that the best friend, but like the friend that you yeah. get, like you understand why the characters are friends with him, kind of a mm -hmm. thing. Which I yeah. feel like seems like an easy thing to do, but is not always. Because one thing I tend to harp on a lot is like not understanding why people are friends with people in like movies and stuff. But yeah. I feel like he's so good at playing that character where you're like, okay, I get it. Like I yeah. want to hang out with him because he just seems yeah. like such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. But he also stands on his own too. Like when he's a separated from the friend yeah. character. Like, yep. he's engaging to watch just by himself as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, while we're on the topic of characters, because I'm not going to get off my brain, was Lawrence in there just to be the black guy? Was he? Because it felt like he truly, truly was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, his character didn't feel fleshed out. It felt like they were like, wait, wait, wait. Can we copy and paste Aaron Yu's character a little bit, but make him black? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, fuck, that's a good idea, dude. And yeah. then they did that. And then they were like, but also we got to kill him, though. <laughs> yeah. We'll just kill them back to bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, on the same path. They're like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Which it's, it's weird because it's like, 
I like their relationship. I like their friendship a lot. I think that they mm-hmm. work well off of each other. But I feel like in the same way that you just said that Chewy, when he goes off on his own, is still kind of holds strong and has his own separate thing. It's like he likes this girl and he's nervous about it. And he's like, has all these extra things. And then you have Lawrence, who's one defining thing is that he's best friends with Chewie. So then it's like even his death is tied in another character. It's like, oh, I have to go find my friend. But but why? You know, <laughs> but why? Be, be realistic. Yeah. Why do you need to go out there? <laughs> like, you know, like it it starts to feel like that where it's like he's so tied up within Chewy, whereas Chewy, it feels like has kind of some outward things to do, which I appreciate for that character because I do think it might it could have easily been like a nothing character. So I appreciate they gave him more, but I feel like they kind of then just like tacked Lawrence on to that <laughs> yeah i i don't know i just like you know i when like lawrence's first like three interactions were something racial i'm just like i know it's 2009 y'all but please like this is killing me <laughs> and it was unfortunate because again i don't slap any of that on to the actor arlen like i right. think that all of that was just script stuff and just plotting things that like made that character come across that way mm-hmm it's it's mostly a symptom of the time that I'm harping on here, but like it just bugged me so much no. while I was watching it. That's fair, and of course we didn't have to worry about that in Nightmare on Elm Street because there weren't any black people. There weren't. In that movie. No, we, we weren't even there, baby. <laughs> weren't. <laughs> oh man. But I guess that leads us to our winner for this category, which for me, if it's not obvious, is Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I'm there too. Friday the Thirteenth for me. Same. I was waiting for Courtney. <laughs> there, I was watching Jensen. I was watching your face. Same for me. It's yeah, a unison across the board. Friday the thirteenth, yeah. taking the first the round. Ding. ding ding. So um, I'm gonna actually let that lead us into the um, story or creativity section um, because I feel like a lot of some of the stuff that we kind of started to allude to is involving the story. Um, mm-hmm. And so this overall is just like how we feel about the story as a whole, but then also like how creative they got with the story, because I feel like although remakes are rehashes, some of the best remakes do their own thing. Um, and like I said, both of these do try and do their own things. Right. varying degrees of success so overall how are we how are we feeling about our our two tales here i will quickly say that i'm not entirely sure if this plays into which one i enjoy more but i will say my head canon for the friday the 13th film is jason is murdering everybody for trying to steal his weed and that is just so funny to me <laughs> <laughs> he's on a journey dude a night's journey yeah, the script was definitely script in there because <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting way to start <laughs> to start this movie, to be fair, is this whole weed subplot, which become which doesn't matter doesn't at all matter. later the on in the, in the story. Well, I mean, I definitely, definitely do. So I've I've claimed this on our podcast as well. Um, I don't know if you remember Courtney, but like I have fully stated that I really, really dislike when there is a very deliberate like time jump in the mm-hmm. timeline. Mm-hmm. And in this Friday the 13th remake, we get two time jumps because we get the little very tiny cold intro of what happened in the original kind of thing, 
with Mrs. Voorhees, and then we get this whole weed plot thing, which I know kind of ties in, don't get me wrong, with the the sister subplot, but then, and then we get the, the real characters that we're sitting with for the rest of the film, and I was just like, my eyes glossed over twice, I guess. <laughs> it was like a big question. I said, oh, okay, this is happening twice again. Yeah, so that's one of my biggest fucking complaints, but. Yeah, I don't mind it, because I think, like, with the, like, Mrs. Voorhees thing in the beginning, like, it kind of works because they want to open up the pretense that she looks like his mom. Um, and then, of course, like, the second part, that works because it, like, leads into, like, the main part. So mm-hmm. it works, but also they they likely could do without it. Um, mm-hmm. But also they needed to add a little bit more to <laughs> the story and the runtime. Um, right. But I don't hate the time jumps as much as, as Jensen does. I, I, I usually don't mind them unless they make, like, absolutely no freaking sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't mind the six week time jump. I will say I do think that this opening would have been better without the Mrs. Voorhees. And if we had just jumped straight yeah. into the first group of friends, because I honestly really like that opening. I, I think mm-hmm. it's cool. I think that that whole just kind of killing all these kids right away and the discovery of the I feel like that would have worked really well with them just discovering the cabin and then that being our first reintroduction to the universe rather than watching this like super you know blue fluorescent tinted <laughs> like mrs Voorhees versus <laughs> camp counselor <laughs> yeah. thing yeah. yeah um especially because it's like it's partly used to introduce i, I mean i think that what they wanted to do for this remake is kind of include a couple of the different movies, not just like the first one or the second one or what have you. It's like, it Mm -hmm. seems like they want to take elements of a lot of them, but the whole thing with her looking like the mother, I feel like they say that out loud later on in that sequence. So it's like Mrs. Voorhees actually physically being there and us like Mm -hmm. seeing her head fly off. I didn't think they looked alike at all, to be quite honest. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch for me i think they could have definitely found someone who looked more like her but if that's what you're going with don't let me see pamela at all (laughs) because i feel like they could have just dressed her as like an older person and used the same actress Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. a little bit of makeup yeah Yeah. a little little movie movie makeup because yeah i did not think that <laughs> Whitney looked at all like Mrs. Voorhees. Um, maybe when she was younger, but yeah, that's what I mean. It's like you barely can see her picture on the locket. So yeah. the, it, you have to have a character say out loud, "Wow, you look just like her." Otherwise, we don't know. But I do actually. Yeah, we have no we have fucking not idea. a clue. I was like, sure, but I do love the opening. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's a good introduction to the Jason that we are about to get and how brutal he is going to be with these characters and how much he really does not give a fuck. Um, And so that's a good introduction to that. And then, but then I think you're right, Jensen, in the sense of like, we kind of slow down again because now we have to meet a whole new group of teenagers after just being introduced to a group of teenagers. So we like pump the brakes again and then have to re like reignite. But what I did like about this movie, as far as the story and what they did differently, is that I like that they decided to do like a house in the woods, but we're not counselors. We're not at the camp. We're adjacent to the camp. And so it almost kind of encompasses like 
that era of slashers that we were getting in that time in the 2000s where it was very much like a bunch of teenagers in a house it's like they were able to mix that in with the friday the 13th and it works for me most of the time i feel like it slows down like when all of them start getting picked off that's the only like trent and Bree's deaths to me those are the weakest of all just because once we get to the house and everybody's out the house at once and then have to leave the house again, that's the one time where I feel like it doesn't work. Like before they get down to the tunnels, mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of like screeches to a halt almost. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you in terms of just like weird bits of pacing for this movie, because I feel like the mm-hmm. pacing is inconsistent because um, I, too, like the opening. But that's mostly because like I haven't seen most of this film. So the fake out works for me. Whereas, yeah. like, seeing somebody get off in the first 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, we're starting things off real hot right now. Um, <laughs> and so it is, it, it, it's it's cool to get the entire group that you think you're going to follow out of the film in, like, 10 minutes' time and then to jump into something else. I'm like, that's a cool idea conceptually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree that that in combination with, like, setting up all the precursor um, Friday the 13th stuff with the mom and everything, it it does slow things down that by the time you get to the portion with our final group, I think any hint of change in pacing becomes I- incredibly apparent. Now, from that point on, you're like, all right, we did all this fun stuff in the beginning. You set us up. All right, I'm on, I'm on the same page with you. But like when we have to take a pause to like kill off a police officer or like to explore... <laughs> a random area and stuff, you just feel it because you've already had so many pauses throughout the film already that Mm -hmm. they just stand out a lot more. I did enjoy the pacing of this film far more than I enjoyed it in Nightmare (sighs) because Nightmare was dragging for me. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, it truly, truly was. Although there were some cool sequences in there that I enjoyed watching, I felt like the pace at which the story was going in Nightmare was so slow yeah it's a whole thing dude (laughs) (laughs) what i mean like based off of like nancy's character just like sleeping through the lines and shit too it's just oh man like you there's not a lot of dynamics with it and like because courtney earlier used the word dreary it is just a dreary tone to Mm -hmm. a nightmare on elm street and like i said Mm -hmm. with jackie earl haley like and and freddie actually being a pedophile and stuff like it just it sets this tone that is so heavy and everyone is, is like late two thousands emo and that's fine. Like same dude, same (laughs) my people. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, it really, really sucks the air out of the room for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And they, they also do the same thing where it's like, we get a bunch of flashbacks and shit too. Right. And, and totally not to side, rail this but like if we're comparing at all in the slightest the 03 text chainsaw massacre when you think about that one they don't really fuck around with anything they like get you in they have that one survivor chick spoilers for it i'm think yeah. it's okay I, you guys have covered it that right um like we get the the girl who like shoots herself in the head and and then it's on to these characters and we're along their ride their mm-hmm. journey and that's that's just how i roll dude when you're like constantly like sending us back in time and like you know back to nightmare on elm street like when we go back in time to all of their parents like killing him in the fire i'm just like dude like i don't know why but i don't need this visually 
I don't no. need it. I don't know why, dude, but I just, I don't need to see this. Right. You're already fucking telling me. We're looking at images. You're telling us. And then here we are in this weird flashback dream state thing that I guess he can't hurt him. I don't know. Right. The whole... And I'm like, if it's going to culminate in a CGI'd burning Jackie Earl Haley <laughs> screaming and running, running towards the camera, let's go ahead and cut it. <laughs> the other way that they kind of like shot themselves in the foot there too is like at least with friday the 13th they were taking aspects from the ogs and then incorporating them into this new branch of story that we're following where this one is re or nightmare is really going off of like the we're retelling the things that you've already seen and like mm -hmm. i feel like that you were you're already doing a lot trying to recreate a new Freddy for us to capture. Now you're also wanting us to accept a new version of a story that most of us already like. You are fighting a very uphill battle here. Yeah. I think I've got three main big issues with the with the Nightmare on Elm Street series or movie, and I'll lay them out as follows. <laughs> First, <laughs> um, my biggest, biggest one is reality in the dream world are too similar. Both of them are so dark in tone and dreary that it feels like one of them should be, they need to be more different to me. Like if the real world is bright, then that's fine. Make the dream world dark. Or if you're gonna have the real world be really dark and dreary and serious, make the dream world bright. Like differentiate them so it doesn't feel like I'm just stuck in an abyss in the void. I'm stuck in the dark void this whole movie watching people just like if slumber through like this is corpse bride. Like give me something <laughs> that so that I'm like, okay, we're somewhere different. And also too, because I have an issue with everything always going back to the boiler room because I think what's fun about Nightmare is it's a dream that's specific to the person. So everybody's dream is a little bit different. Everybody's dreams affects them differently. But because of the story that we have, it's important that we always go back to the school. We always go back to the boiler room. And after a while, that just gets a little bit boring because because you're you because you've connected everybody to a specific reason that reason has to happen every time they fall asleep and so i feel like then when the dreams are different it's fun like the supermarket sequence is fun when it's like flashing back and forth because it's different mm -hmm. or like the library sequence is fun because it's different but we don't get enough of that so it feels like everything is just the same and having like my i guess that ties into my second one we're having freddie be like a vengeful ghost for this very specific reason i feel like that takes away nancy's initiative and like her being proactive doesn't feel true because freddie is feeding them clues he wants them to find out what's happening. So it almost feels like Nancy's not really doing much because it's like Freddy gives a whole movie version of what happened to um, Quentin. And he's like, huh, there you go. And so it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I figured out what happened. It's like, yeah, because Freddy showed it to you. It's like, they don't get to have that moment where they figure it out for themselves it's like all of the clues feel like they're handed to them and then they're like okay now we're gonna move on to the next step and last but certainly not least is i feel like 
having all of them from the moment the movie starts already all having these dreams and that's why everybody's so fucking tired from the minute the movie starts <laughs> everybody's already sleep deprived the whole like i feel like people are supposed to it's supposed to happen gradually to people mm -hmm. so that some people are still in a good mood some people are still just being teenagers yeah. Instead of doing that, everybody's already met Freddy by the time we start the movie. So everybody's already all sad and scared and hiding secrets. And everybody's mm -hmm. already got bags under their eyes. And so then everybody knows something weird is happening. And so then halfway through the movie, we have to deal with this whole aspect that they're falling asleep all the time. Because we don't get to ease our way into the world. The world is already like falling apart around us. And I feel like that's why everything just feels so like there's nothing new for us to discover, but we're having to watch these characters, these tired, slow characters <laughs> discover this as time goes on. And that's why I feel like there's no like excitement there because everybody starts at the same level. Everybody's already being slashed and touched by freddy at zero seconds into the movie <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. the other thing that kind of bothered me not to harp too much on it but and i know this could be slightly a sensitive topic so i'm being kind of cautious about how i like go into this but in terms of like the school and this memory me as the audience member i'm really supposed to believe that not a single one of them despite the trauma not a single one of them remembers going to that school none of them mm. i thought that they had been hypnotized for some reason i remembered that being a plot point and i was like oh yeah they hypnotized them and it's not I, that's not I what happened waiting, i was waiting the entire film for an explanation <laughs> as to why none of them can remember ever being in a school together or meeting this pre-burned freddy and I just don't think it was ever stated openly. Like, I do think that you're supposed to kind of assume that because of the sheer weight of what happened to them as kids, they've all like repressed this memory. Mm -hmm. But I, even in that regard, I just think it's a stretch to think that every yeah. single one of them would just completely blank out that entire first portion of their, of their life. life. What do you mean? This is a masterpiece. And what Erica is saying <laughs> is that they all actually do remember. And that's why they always are thinking already right. about Freddy. They remember it's a the whole time. Yeah. None of them have slept since preschool. I got it. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I fully understand. Same. Same. <laughs> no. And that's why, honestly, I think that's why I made up the hypnotized thing to rationalize that. Because, yeah, it's like not every single one of them would have that reaction. Also, why did you keep the photos? If you want them to forget, why do you still have photos? of them from preschool burn the pictures yeah. like get rid of all of the evidence if that's the case and it also really irritated me that when they did start to remember quentin and nancy assumed that they had lied despite not mm -hmm. remembering it at all and it's like yeah. it's not even like they're like well we don't remember that happening so it couldn't be true they don't remember even going to fucking preschool so like how do you know if it's true <laughs> or not like i don't i i thought that that was a bit of a stretch <laughs> mm -hmm. and i don't know so like that bugged me a lot but in an effort to not just completely be trash talking this film I will say that a plot, I don't even know if this is a plot thing or just like a directorial thing, but I did enjoy some of the things that we were able to do with like 2000, like 2010, yeah, 2010 mm -hmm. technology um, within the nightmare 
uh, franchise. Because I do think some of the like uh, dream sequences and like transitions from like real world into dream world and whatnot, I enjoyed a a good handful of them. Some of them were very heavy on the CGI, so it did make them less uh, enjoyable. But I think for the most part, a lot of the effects held up for me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give the movie that grace, at least. But it lends back into what you were saying earlier, Erica, about the world seeming too similar. Like they did yeah. need some more, uh, something more blatant to separate the two, uh, because otherwise they do meld into each other too well. And, mm-hmm. and I know that that becomes like a plot point later on where it's like, oh, you're so tired that like you can't tell between dreams and not dreams. And I'm just like, eh, eh. <laughs> Sure. If, if you're if you're if your listeners could have seen my face though when you were saying some of that dude because like Nancy's mom when her fucking eyeball gets popped uh, out it's looking like a whole ass oh, like yeah. Mortal Kombat on Nintendo Switch you know dude like yes. it is yeah, it's a little I, grody dude yeah, like that's, that's the nightmare like, is like the CGI <laughs> yeah the blood hallway scene is pretty cool I honestly think that's my favorite my my favorite <laughs> that's my favorite um effect or like sequence is the blood when she like sinks into the hallway and then it fills up with blood yeah that's cool i was the most disappointing one is the wall is freddie coming through the wall literally what i was gonna say yeah that's way too fake how can we not do that practically now they did use the latex like use the latex wall again why are you (laughs) doing it's surely it's cheaper I I don't get it, especially back in 2010, dude. Yeah, yeah. The one that stood out as like good to me, I will say, was the classroom. Like, I thought the classroom transition Mm. was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Erica, you said other two scenes that actually I have them written down in my notes that actually do kind of rip like the transition are uh, like when he uh, Kyle Gallner is in the library and Mm -hmm. like the the bookshelves are like shaking. That does look pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And then the the superstore or like the grocery store when he's like creaking with his fingers and, and uh and then like stuff is falling mm-hmm. off like that that is cool like yeah. it's, it's it's got a little hit to it but some of the other stuff man i'm like yeah the cg Ooh, budget was a little either too low or too or too high they had too much oh, cg yeah. play playroom platinum dunes i'm gonna say too high <laughs> <laughs> um also i don't know jensen and courtney when the last time you guys saw freddy versus jason was if it well must have been like recent. Did you cover that Ish. when you did like the? Okay. I forget which one we included last that with. year. Yeah. I think it yeah. was okay. Yeah. So, is this not? I understand that like there it happened in the first one. So I I understand like bringing Freddy back into the real world. But the way it happens in this is this not the exact same thing that happens in Freddy versus Jason, where it's like the girl in a dress laying down and he's like running his claw up her like legs and stuff and then she's like wake me up wake me up and then and then does get waken up because she like gets burned or adrenaline in her heart and then mm-hmm. she wakes up and she has them it's not it's the same thing in mm-hmm. freddie like almost shot for shot freddie versus <laughs> yeah. jason's sequence of that is the same as this one and i really noticed it this last time because i almost I think it's because as the ending was coming up, I was like, oh, yeah, she's laying in the hallway and she discovers that her dad was was standing over her dead mom's body. And I'm like, oh, no, that's Freddy versus Jason. Like, I mixed the <laughs> two of them up because they were so yeah, similar. It's hard to, yeah, because they are pretty similar to it. I did the same thing where I was thinking of 
like specific scenes and then I didn't see those mm-hmm. scenes and I was like, oh yeah, because that was actually Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. I just never noticed how similar it was and I was like, okay. A classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Starring award winner Kelly Rowland. And- yep. <laughs> yes. Rip to the nose. Rip to the nose. Rip to the nose. <laughs> oh no. But is the, I was going to say, any other thoughts on either story for you guys? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so for me either. I mean, Friday, truth be told, story kind of light in terms of like yeah. the amount mm-hmm. of things that happen there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I guess you guys didn't really give your opinions on canonizing him as a pedophile. I feel like I've said pedophile too many fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say a fucking word about it. I counted 87. <laughs> Take a um, shot. <laughs> it's. I feel like, I guess I just don't know why he needed to be that instead of a murderer, like a child murderer. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's another thing that they just wanted to be different, but it just feels, I don't know. It's just another one of those things where it makes, I, I think that's another thing they added to make this one more like dark and gritty and extreme because you have all this stuff where like Nancy discovers the photos. It just feels really heavy. And it's like in a movie that's already really slow and kind of like grinding along to then have that moment feels just really like it like, I don't know. It made me cringe a little bit, but I don't think it was necessary. I feel like, Freddie already is a bad guy and like we know that I almost feel like this movie would have worked better if he was I was gonna say just a child murderer but that's like not a good thing if he was (laughs) and if he was still a child murderer and it was almost if they did keep in line with that feeling though of like oh maybe he was innocent and like he didn't do Mm -hmm. it if it was more specific to like you know other kids who went missing not this whole class full of kids who all got affected by it if it was like they went to school with some kids who went missing and then they like forgot about them as they grew up and then they like you know maybe they did think that he was innocent and then they discovered that he wasn't that to me feels just a little bit more palatable than going so far in this direction just because like i said it leans freddie into some territory where like Everything he says, everything he does automatically makes you feel uncomfortable. And I don't know, maybe that's what they wanted. But for a movie where I'm potent- they were potentially thinking of like keeping this going and going and going, I don't want to see Freddy the pedophile in seven <laughs> movies. Now, granted, we didn't get yeah. any more, but like I didn't want to <laughs> see that. Fredophile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I, I echo a lot of that too, though, Erica. I think that just that whole subject matter with Freddy is one of those things that's like, it's somewhat implied, I want to say, with like the OG. And it's one of those things that's never like outright stated, but like some of his like more sexual tendencies towards these teens, that's something that's always been uncomfortable for me, um, always watching these films. So to have the movie double down on it, it was just it it just made it cringe and i just didn't want to like mm-hmm. i didn't want to watch this character anymore it went beyond the point of mm-hmm. like oh you're just a bad guy it's like no you're a bad guy and you're fucking disgusting like yeah. i just don't want to see you on my screen yeah. Um, so yeah i i was not a fan of it i agree i think some of that could have been cut 
cut out. Yeah, there's there's just different ways you could have gone about it. Like even you like the ways that they were remembering things. Have them like see a picture of themselves like when they were younger and have a third person being there like, huh, why do I remember this person? What happened to that person? Freddie killed him. There you go. It's like, what? Yeah, because I, I also think by making everything that happened directly affect our characters rather than be something that they weren't even involved with, but their parents kind of got them involved with, like, I still also prefer that because it's also feels like watching this group of characters that you know have been abused and like they don't remember it it almost makes it feel like a whole different movie mm-hmm. it like yeah i don't know it, it just like <laughs> starts to go into this different territory where i'm like i feel like this should be a drama but then here comes freddie fucking sc- sc- crawling through the walls and it's like what is going on because yeah i don't it, i think it's different when they're not directly involved and it's just like they don't know who this guy is. They have to figure that out on their own. And like, it's not, hasn't impacted them as much as it has our characters, specifically Nancy in this film. And I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. It's really, it was a choice. It was definitely yeah. a choice, but, mm-hmm. but. All right. Well, and the round of plot and story and creativity, I got to give it once again to Friday the 13th. But I'm curious, what's everybody else feeling? Yeah, I got to give it to Friday the 13th as well. I will say I'm still a little bit salty that Jenna does not make it through that movie. Mm. Um, But that aside, I just I think that the differences were better utilized in this in this one. Yeah. Uh, Quick, quick to jump in and just agree with you because we didn't touch on that. I was very sad when Jenna died. I was like, really? It's really? a bummer. It's yeah. a bummer. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they have to do that? They always have to. Gotta tug at our I would have killed Whitney personally, but <laughs> I was just like, and well, also <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit biased because I really like Daniel Panabaker, <laughs> so <laughs> I think that also kind of plays into my feelings towards her character. Me but, too. Uh, I really like her. I also really like Ben Feldman, who is one of the kills going into the kills um Mm -hmm. one of the kills in the beginning but yeah i really like danielle panabaker and i feel like she was she was really doing it like she was really doing it for the girls for a while (laughs) and and it's just one of those moments where i'm like why did you go last like (laughs) i would have been the first one out of that hole i would have pushed whitney Mm -hmm. down like what (laughs) he'll spare you he thinks you're his mom like let me go through Uh, Jensen Courtney. Courtney, you go. I'm thinking. <sighs> oh, you're thinking. Oh my god. Uh, I'm going with Friday the 13th, hands down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hands down. See, that's where I'm like, I don't know about hands down, G. I mean, it's like I kind of want to just like sustain, just like pull out of this one. Just because <laughs> like, I don't know. They're both very like dry. And like I said, I really, mm-hmm. really dislike that the timeline thing that they mm-hmm. do on Friday the 13th. And then as for the rest of it, like the sister subplot, I could give a fuck about <laughs> Yeah. Like, you lost me when you said sis. I was like, nah, no, no, no. So, I don't know, man. I mean... You want to throw in a no contest? I, I would personally allow it if you if you really, really I'm, feel I'm that gonna way. I'm going to do it then, yeah. I'm going to throw my flag down because I just... I can't, I can't really pick, dude. That's, I can't do it. That's fair. Like that. That's fair. Yeah. And I will say for creative-wise... <laughs> I will say for creative wise, and I'm on Elm Street, although I don't like the changes that they made, I do kind of have to give them props for attempting 
something different, like for trying mm-hmm. new things and trying to push things in a different manner than the first one. I will give them props for that. But just going off of that, I did want to read out a couple of my least favorite lines from A Nightmare on Elm Street. The first <laughs> the first is when Quentin says to Nancy, do you ever get tired of working here every weekend? Rude. But this is my job. I just thought that that was a wild thing to say to her. And then when Chris is talking to Dean... And he's talking about like having nightmares and she goes, nightmares? You can't sleep? You have to sleep to have nightmares. That pissed me off too because I was like, that was a stupid question. And then the last one is when Chris is talking about when Dean dies and she goes, he said, he kept saying, you're not real. Do you know what that means? (laughs) Why would he know what that means? I just, the way that they wrote Chris specifically, I just felt like was just very disrespectful to her intelligence because they write in all of these lines that make her seem just like she doesn't know what, how the world works. But the um, writers doing the absolute most in the office space, just like (laughs) writing those lines down going, yes, fuck it. Yes. They have a button at the Yes. What's his name? It's the one who plays Chewy in Aaron Nightmare. Aaron what's his name in oh, or what's his name in um, Nightmare? Marcus. Marcus, I think. Yes, his scene mm-hmm. where he dies on the um that video oh on the computer. God. It's like he had to <laughs> upload that. So who uploaded yeah. that for him? <laughs> Yeah, you know. it's, it's like, like all my friends died. I'm gonna upload his death his- video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, his head getting slammed into the computer is just love a, to see it. What was happening there? <laughs> also, also, Whitney's final line to Jason the like, say hi to mommy in hell is <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I feel like they should have just had to be say hi to mommy for me. And I, then, mm. I wrote in my notes, say hi to mommy in hell, dot, 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 boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> Tomatoes, boo. Yeah, it's, it was bad. I was like, that's not fun. Or the amazing literary genius of your tits are stupendous. stupendous. <laughs> you have perfect nipple placement. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> They're uh, over here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like just some some of the lines i was like it it, like for some reason the i think for just because nightmare on elm street was taking itself more seriously they Mm -hmm. like stood out a lot more to me but probably the 13th also has some where i'm just thinking huh huh yeah Yeah, there's some flops in there yeah Mm -hmm. where he's like did you know our mom had cancer it's like why would he know that Do you know our mom died from yeah, cancer bro. last year? I was like, whoa. <laughs> Why would the sheriff of this small town know your mom in another mm-hmm. state died from cancer? It was, yeah, it was wild, Sick wild burn, behavior. Wild behavior. <laughs> but let's go into the kills um, because there are actually some some fun kills um, that, that I do want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I will say... I think one of my favorite kills in either one of them is going to be probably the sleeping bag over the fireplace. Yep. That's my very favorite. Good, very good kill. A classic. Crispy skin. <laughs> Huge fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She oiled herself, remember? Oiled oiled tits and... And all. <laughs> the, and the best cut of meat. <laughs> biggest bottle of baby oil I've ever seen. It was a huge bottle. See, and it's been a long time since I've seen this this movie not on TV. 
So I forgot that that even happened. Mm. And I was like, she's doing all that. Because normally I think in the cut, like the TV version, she just kind of like opens her top and shimmies. And so you're like, oh, okay, that's all she's doing behind this guy. But no, she's completely naked behind this guy that she doesn't want to see her naked. And normal things in friends are normal to things. Do she is, pulls is out oil your yeah. Yourself. She pulls out like a sixty-four ounce bottle, <laughs> clear bottle <of> baby oil <laughs> that I guess was just in her backpack. <laughs> Adam and Eve was the sponsor of that <laughs> night. <for laughs> oh my gosh! But her death is fantastic. Yeah, I think her one. death is one of the mm-hmm. best ones. It's it's funny because like out of all the categories, this is kind of the hardest one for me because I enjoyed kills in both of these films, but I was also, to be honest, a little disappointed mm. with both with both films in terms of kills. Um, I think a big one for Friday the Thirteenth. Actually, I take that back. It's a big one for both. And uh, Jensen, you might appreciate this, but it's the amount of CGI that was used for a lot of the kills. Mm-hmm um where conceptually they're cool kills but then like when you see the magic behind them it kind of takes away uh at least for me it did mm. yeah that's fair i for the f- nightmare on elm street i think the only thing that i was bummed about was that the glove was the main method of killing um and that we didn't utilize more of different types of like space and methods to kill people and so and i think that's partly also because once again freddie is doing this very very specifically to get revenge on these people like he has emotional connections to these kids and so i feel like he like very specifically wants to be the thing that's killing them but i did wish that we had some some different ways than just like the glove slashing or punching through. Cause I even no, remember hearing aids and chalkboards, right? Yeah. Where are the hearing aids? Yeah. Where's the giant diving boards Come with on. claws coming out of it? What about that? I, when we have that swimming scene, I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Shit. And, and then, nope. then nothing, nothing. <laughs> it's a flashback. I was like, oh man. Cause I thought he was going to try and drown him. I don't I thought, remember. I thought that we were scene. gonna get like I thought that that sequence was going to lead into the homage to Johnny Depp's death. Like I thought that mm. that water sequence was somehow mm. going to be our our waterbed death. Yeah, mm. um, which it's oh, not. Oh, that would have no. been cool. Like have the blood mm-hmm. like squirting out of the like bubbling up out of the water. Mm. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would have been dope. Yeah, or even and even Chris's death is you know on a spin on Tina's death, but. Yeah just not as well like well done because like i said chris is just kind of getting like nucked and bucked around the room for a while yeah. and then the ending of the kill is great the, like, the last yeah. slash is great the but... last slash is great but i do kind of even still with that i wish that she was getting like actively slashed and like moved around the room um but it really does feel like Freddie's like throwing bows, which just seems so <laughs> weird for him to just be like just, just kicking her ass yeah. and then finally he's like, all right, I'm done now. All right, I'm done. Um, but yeah, it's like there are some moments where it looks um like I don't even really mind the CGI and I'm like, ooh, that looks really brutal. Like the moments where he is killing people, like Jesse's death in particular looks really, really brutal. And um even though they don't die, I even really like the fight between 
Nancy and Quentin and Freddie. Like I like kind of what's going on in that sequence. But mm-hmm. um, I just wish there was more variety and it wasn't all just the glove. Like I said, yeah. I wish we were in the dream world. So I wish we utilized more of that. That's that's so true. And like at least at least before the thirteenth, like this Jason did have a bit of variety. Um, but I, w- I will say I feel like the first half of them were kind of your like standard fair machete kills. I will say so. Kind of going off of what I said earlier with the story about how um like it feels like we slow down once everybody gets back to the house. I think for me that just rec- that comes because Bree and Trent's deaths to me are kind of meh like the way that they happen because for breeze why was she in the bathroom like why was she in that room what was she doing why was she checking behind the shower curtain and why was she checking behind doors and why was she by herself like all of that stuff to me just felt so out of character for her and then it's like she just gets what her like her back broken or her neck snapped or something what is he? Or no, I mean, he, he sticks her, her on the. Oh yeah, he sticks her on. He puts her on the. Was it the? The little the like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Antlers. Is that what they're actually called? They're antlers, but yeah, they're like a towel hanger thing, but they're like shaped like Learned antlers. Something? So he hangs her from mm-hmm. there. <laughs> but I do think I Would do think killer. <laughs> Just I, I doubt it in real life. Yeah, I, I do also remember when that scene happened. I was thinking to myself, those little prongs aren't that big. Like, it wasn't like she was getting put onto, like, meat hooks. Like, there were, like, these tiny little things on the door. Yeah. I, was, I was surprised that they held her weight, quite frankly. Yeah, maybe it's the force with which he put her on that, like, snapped her into death. I don't know. I mean, he was kind of rough handling her quite hard. You know what mm-hmm. that does actually make me think of, though, that I did not want to leave this episode without talking about is um, after Trent. Trent has the gun, right? He's the main guy. Yeah. When Trent shoots that door and then opens it to see her body laying there, we, we're all in agreement that he definitely thought he shot her, right? And just chose yeah. to say <laughs> oh, that for sure. Jason killed her. For sure. He thought he killed her. But that part is so funny to me here because it's the like way he looks in and then just closes it and goes, Bree's dead. He killed her. Let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so it's like an SNL skit, yes, dude. Yes, it is. It's so funny because it's like it, they give this whole beat for him to like look and see and close the door. It feels, I think it's supposed to be played for comedy. I hope it is because I laugh out loud every single time that it happens. <laughs> yeah. That shit had me weak. Yeah. I, was, I feel like she was alive. I think he actually did kill her. I think that she was up on that hook. Still breathing, and then he just finished the job <laughs> with shot this like fucking John Wickin all over that three, house, just shooting everything. Dude, he shot her like three times, and then Trent's death with the old man in the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? It's that scene to me is a little bit. I don't understand because, like, we know that's not Jason. So, yeah. but they play it really dramatic and almost like they don't want. I, I don't know if they're just trying to be like, oh, okay, well, he can't see who's driving the car, but it almost feels like they're playing it to the audience as well. And mm-hmm. so that death to me always feels like it takes so long. I mean, why also was the driver being so fucking creepy too? <laughs> like, very easily could have been like, hey, you need a ride? No, so he's going to reach his hand out and just slowly like, yes, come forward, <laughs> like fucking summoning him. <laughs> 
Like, I, I would hesitate going into that car, too. Fuck that shit. Dude, not me. Yeah. I would have been on the back of that truck in a minute. Because <laughs> what? What they gonna do? There's no... I could easily just hop off the back of the truck. So, like... If if I <laughs> if I look in and I'm like, oh, it's him, I, th- I would just duck and roll off the truck. So mm. I um yeah, I would have been on the back of the truck so quickly. Roshan over here weighing his options out. Yeah. Like, hmm, <laughs> hold on. I would be weighing mine as well. Which one's a better option? Get abducted or killed? Like we're in the middle of nowhere and the woods. Can't... Does this turn into Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> exactly. <don't> yeah. no. <laughs> Imagine leaving Friday the Thirteenth just to immediately enter <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> The crossover we need. Oh for my sure. gosh! And honestly, tragedy. Trent is the character that I want to go through that fucking crossover mm. too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. dude. But... It was satisfying to see him get like driven off on the back. Of that <laughs> yeah, that, like... that is pretty funny. I will say it is funny to just see his butt, his like feet, like <laughs> he doesn't hitting stop. The, I think. Hitting the pavement. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I would have been all. I would have got drove all the way to town. Before dealing with that situation in the back. Local cop says, what's going on here? <laughs> Wait, Jensen, there is no local cop. Oh, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. But other than that, um, I, I don't know. I like the deaths um, in it. I like Chewie's death a lot. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly like that whole sequence. I don't know. what. I think it's just because back to like his acting. I I think the way that he reacts just feels like very real, like realistic in the way that he like attempts to fight back and deal with the situation. Um, And it's pretty brutal. I like the deck death. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why she wouldn't just stay out in the middle of the lake or I don't know why she chose to swim to shore the same he, side of the shore that he was standing shooter. on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. He, that's probably, true. he, I has, was, he has elven aim. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was waiting for him to like try and like shoot arrows at her through the water, but he did not uh, he did not do so. Yeah. Um but yeah, for I, I, I even like the ending gotcha catch. Like you can see mm-hmm. it coming. We were all expecting it. But I think to play on the, you know, one from the original, I think it's a good one. I think it works. I don't know why they felt the need to take Jason's body all the way from where it was and roll him into the lake when they could have just the way I would have pushed his whole body through that little thing. Yeah, I would have (laughs) been cutting him up into little pieces if it was me. But they feel the need to bring him to the lake. It is what it is. Um, I do like that gotcha moment much better than the versus the nightmare (laughs) one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Yeah. if it wasn't for how noticeable the CGI in that last gotcha was for nightmare, it might actually be kind of good because I think the idea of the brutality for me is is cool, but just the way that it looks is very cartoonish. <laughs> the way that it looks and the character is happening too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... Because in the original, Nancy's mom is a fucking person, like with a story. Mm-hmm. She's like battling, yeah. you know, uh, alcoholism and stuff. You can like, there's a lot going on. There's she's a leveled character. And yet in this, it's just like, just the most sleep. bland <laughs> bullshit. Like yeah, dude. And it's just like, okay, this is what's happening. Okay, cool. And it looks like Mortal Kombat on the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also don't necessarily think that 
that one needed a gotcha moment if it if they were gonna do one i think they could have because the whole point even in the original nightmare like that whole ending bit is honestly the weakest part of the movie to me just because what (laughs) what's going Mm -hmm. on and i feel like even in this one it's worse because at least in the first one you're like okay this feels like we're in a dream so somebody is probably like nancy is most likely still stuck in a dream or what have you is what it feels like it does not feel like that in the new one it legitimately feels like they're just home like they literally just got home so why is freddie here what why is he trapped in the mirror now like yeah what in the alice in wonderland it just feels it like feels very <laughs> different than what it should be and i honestly i mean freddie gets re- resurrected all the time so it's like even if they had just decided to end it on them successfully killing freddie and then them being like oh we didn't find any body like bones or what have you and she was like the nightmare's over even if that's how it ended like i get that that's cheesy but i think it would have been better yeah <laughs> or i don't fucking know like <laughs> this is not what we got like even even if they imagined killing freddie you know what i mean and like we somehow mm. wove that into like you killing for like you pulling him out of the dream and killing him that was a dream give me mm. the dream within a dream within a dream i would have taken that <laughs> yeah oh yeah like if we panned out and we realized that nancy was in a coma and like he never successfully woke her up or something like and literally anything <laughs> if i'm gonna be real yeah it's like you're but already that, going that for dark cool. like so and it would have yeah it would have tied more into the dark atmosphere that i think they were going for if in this version, Nancy just straight up loses. Doesn't actually win. You're already going down that route for me, so. <laughs> oh, no. We're already it losing. Just... In my yeah. <laughs> oh, might, as well, yeah. <laughs> might as well tie it all together. The one redeeming kill in the Nightmare on Elm Street is that intro, like cold intro one. Um, I forget his name, but the boyfriend oh, or whatever he yeah. is. You know the the next oh, slice yeah. is is rough, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's a anything good one. like yeah, that was like hard anything to watch. like that is hard. Yeah, to watch. Yeah, it was hard to watch. It's um, and I also too feel like that whole sequence with like the diner and mm-hmm. and like the eeriness of that. I honestly feel like plays really really well, and I like that everything in that one happens in the diner. It all happened so quickly. And I actually really, really like that we start the movie with a death that is witnessed. It's not like, mm-hmm. and it's and so it's like similar to, to Tina, like the boyfriend witnessing Tina, but this one is much more public. And I like yeah. that we get to see, you know, what's actually happening in the real world more than what's happening in the dream world. So yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. That's probably my favorite death mm-hmm. in, in that one, yeah. which is unfortunate because yeah. it's the first one. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like the other ones just aren't very memorable, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cookie cutter mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why did Jesse? I'm. Why did Jesse rub all up all over Tina? I mean, Chris. Like after she died, he like is rubbing his hands because through her you blood. You have to, you know. <laughs> I was like Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> A bit incriminating, much. A skosh. A skosh. You're pulling. Mm. You're pulling an Alex from Final Destination mm-hmm. here, sir. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't do that. Don't be like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I feel like that kind of covers it in terms of like kills for me, and then. I hate to do it to him like this, but it's just like, it's kind of a, 
a hat trick because I'm going to give it to Friday the 13th again. Yeah. Kills. Uh, they just they had more variety. Mm-hmm. They're more interesting. They're just more memorable to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit of a clean sweep for me as well, <laughs> because, yeah, Friday the 13th just has the fun of the kills that I'm hoping for in this sort of a sort of a movie. Courtney, let's hear it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK, again, <laughs> hands down Friday the 13th. That's yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's fair. I can't. Freddie's voice. Yeah. I can't. Not... I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it could be a perfect movie, but his voice ruins it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it is a very specific voice. It's very specific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But it's not a perfect movie. So overall it's just, yeah. Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. For me, I mean, kills, Go to Friday the 13th. That's why I actually enjoy that movie is because of the kills. They're more fun. They're more creative. They're a little gorier, arguably. And I mean, come on, sleeping bag roast. I mean, invite me to the so next good. day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come on. Where was my invite? Yeah, yeah, it's such a good one. And probably like for me, the one that I would least want to be yeah. involved in because that yeah. was slow and painful. Though, yep. to be fair, like, it wasn't, I don't think it was as bad, but just the effect of that bear trap was so oh, good. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, that one would be That looked well. mad gory and very uncomfortable. Yeah. And also, <laughs> yeah. too, he ain't shit for not at least trying to warn Whitney that Jason was coming up behind her. <laughs> as much real, as much as dude, as much as I love that moment and as much as I love Ben Feldman as an actor and therefore like want to like that character, the fact that he just sat there and watched Jason just absolutely charge at both of them and didn't say, <laughs> "Whitney, look out." He ain't shit for that. And now granted, Jason came for him. But maybe that's karma, because that was absolutely <laughs> say something, like say something, scream, point something. Um, but I think it's a pretty obvious winner. Friday the Thirteenth is the winner of the remake battle. Jason wins. It is uh, knocked him out. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it was like a took dead him out in the KO. third round. <laughs> The third round, second round, I mean, it was, he was a wrap. The whole, yeah. He was the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hit the floor. Freddie hit the floor on the th- on the third. Hard, dude. Yeah, Still I imagine all your listeners going, "What? Yeah. No way! <laughs> Absolute knockout! Somebody get somebody get the smelling salts to wake this man up. He's done. Because I mean, I and, and like I said, for me, I wanted to discuss a Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I do think Friday the 13th is better. But I will say, I think when I just... A Nightmare on Elm Street is such a bummer to me because I want it to be good. And I want it to be well because I want more Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And Mm -hmm. there was so much potential here that just kind of like got squandered, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... uh, all of this is to say that I'm not trying to just completely dog on the movie just because, but I am just saying this was a movie that had ample kind of opportunities and I feel like just kind of fumbled the bag a bit. A lot. <laughs> a lot of a bit. Let me let me edit myself a lot. 
<laughs> yeah. And it sucks that I do, like, on my letterbox, I have a list speci- uh, spe- especially for so bad it's good movies. Mm-hmm. This doesn't quite make it, you know? It's mm-hmm. not yeah. so bad that it's <laughs> kind of fun to watch. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's not fun to watch. And that's that's uh, huge, especially for a nightmare film. Like, even if they're bad, like, at least you can watch for terrible mm-hmm. Freddy one-liners or mm-hmm. creative kills. But this yeah. one just, like... As we've said multiple times, it's dreary. It's kind of a downer. Um, and it's not really what I necessarily go to that franchise for, you know? Yeah. Um, I, it being more of a drama is definitely, like, I agree with that. Like, I thought I was watching the drama theater version of Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, as opposed to just, like, a recreation. Yeah, it's like an, a bad episode of Criminal Minds where if there's, like, a supernatural <laughs> dream like killer killer, is what it feels like yeah (laughs) and then and this is also coming from a person where like even some of the bad remakes of the 2000s i like them but i think it's because they go into that like so bad it's good like prom night when a stranger calls um like all of those black christmas all of those remakes (laughs) they're not particularly good but i enjoy them for what they are but yeah Yeah. i think the worst thing you can be is just be boring and unfortunately a nightmare on elm street falls into that category for for me so uh, i think we should leave them with just a quick little rating for both of them um where we would go ahead and let these movies lie if we were to to be rating them on Letterboxd or what have you. So right. we got to think of a, a metric for, we'll start with our winner, Friday the 13th. Okay. Got to think of one to rate that out of. So we don't want to do sleeping bag roasts. I was going to say crispy titties. Crispy <laughs> titties. I, I, I redact mine. I like crispy titties. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I yeah, Erica s- might veto that one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that might pop up in the future. You never know. No, I just, I, that word. <laughs> I hate that word. Uh, but I have an, I, I have a thing with certain words that have like double letters in the middle. Mm. Something about them like gives me goosebumps. <laughs> crispy nips. The better. That's nips. better. I can do crispy nips. Perfectly placed. Perfectly placed. <laughs> Stupendous. We could do like stupendous nipples. Stupendous nipples. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm gonna. um, Would you guys prefer us to start with one of you, or would you like one of us to start? Mm. I want to hear Courtney. (laughs) You put me on the spot again. I know. He's like, (laughs) actually, (laughs) I think I'd like to hear Courtney. (laughs) Okay, for the Friday the Thirteenth, I'd say. Because I actually enjoy this movie. So I'm going to give it a a 3 out of 5. 3 out of 5? Mm, okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Well, I'd like to hear Jensen. I know. I'm curious <laughs> about you. I see his face. <laughs> no, it's actually funny. I mean, what do you know? Fright crew coming through just on brand. <laughs> I got to match Courtney. Oh, 3 out of 5. Stupendous crispy nips. Because okay. it, uh, yeah, it, it's fun enough that, like, for me a three out of five or like a six out of 10 is very just like average a movie yeah. that I enjoy. It's average. I will probably technically rewatch it. I might have to give this one a minute to simmer the fuck down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, three out of five. Stupendous. Noise. Crispy nips. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'll just tag on cause I'm right there too. I, it's a three out of five for me. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the same reasons. It's one of those, like, I watched it and I was like, okay, this is cool. I mm-hmm. enjoy this. Um, I actually watched this one before Nightmare. So, like, I didn't even have that as, like, a starting point in terms of, like, comparison. Mm-hmm. I just watched it. I was like, okay, this feels like an early 2000s slasher that mm-hmm. I would watch again at some point in time. So, three out of five stupendous crispy nips. Um, I'm going to go 3.3 out of five. Wow. Um, because okay. I think I like it a little bit more. I don't know. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I really like the kills. I, like... I, there are specific characters that I enjoy and it's just a really easy watch for me. Like this is just kind of what I want out of a 2000 slasher. Um, just the ending gets a little slow for me and some of the, de- like some of the deaths and stuff towards the end. I'm just, I'm like, all right, we got to wrap this up. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only reason that it's like not higher, but yeah, 3.3 3 out of five stupendous, stupendous, crispy nipples. But <laughs> But that being said, I mm-hmm. also am now I'm intrigued to know what our loser would be rated uh, for everybody. So for this one, hmm. I mean, Fredophiles. Fredophiles. <laughs> but I feel like uh, no. we've said that too many yeah, times. We, and we've hit our quota. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping pills or something. Dramamine. Uh, no. <laughs> Like what? There's like nothing. Adrenaline. Yeah, I was gonna say something with the adrenaline. I mean, we 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 could do adrenaline shots. It's just to go from stupendous crispy nipples (laughs) to to adrenaline adrenaline shots. shots. Like we already gave Friday the Thirteenth the win. I just feel like Mm. we're just kicking somebody while he's down. But this is what they gave. They handed. This is what they (laughs) gave to us. We're only. We can only choose what was fuck given Let, to let's us. Let's call Samuel Bayer and and hit him up, the director, and be like, "Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> do we do, <laughs> dude?" For all, there's nothing else iconic except for like eyeliner on the eyes. Tie that in, dude. Tired teens. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tired, teens. tired teens. Micro naps. Micro naps. Let's let's do that on micro naps. Okay. Because I might have taken <laughs> some while the movie was playing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can start us off. Okay. If you want a little base here. Um, and I would give this a, unfortunately, like a one and a half out of five micro naps. Uh, mostly because, like, although it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen, and like there are things that are, they, it does have some redeeming qualities to it. Mm-hmm. I was just, as somebody who loves Nightmare on Elm Street, I was so let down by this movie. Yeah, And subsequently, because of what they did with the character of Freddy and some of these plot points, I just don't think I'm going to watch this again unless somebody, like, makes me watch it for a reason. So, like, that's a bummer for me, but it's also impacting my score and just, like, if I don't even want to watch the film again, that's kind of rough. Right. So, unfortunately, I give it 1.5 out of 5. Okay. Um, Let's do... Courtney, and then Algo, and then Jensen. Last. Okay. Um, I, I might have to go for the same thing. With the, uh, I might do a one point four. Um, okay. never thought I'd watch this movie again, but here we are. I <laughs> told myself last time I watched it, I'm like, I'm probably not going to do this again. Um, but I did, and I think the score got lower. Um, mm. after he licked her face, I was like, no, I'm. i'm sick (laughs) and yeah yeah overall what 
terrible. 1.4. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be in that same realm. I think I'm going to do 1.5 micro naps out of five as well. Because, yeah, it's just not. I just I will. I cannot imagine myself watching this again. Uh, It was a slog for me to get through watching it this time. And there's just nothing exciting about it. It's nothing new or or interesting about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not surprised that there was, it was like, I remembered it, but rewatching it, there was so much stuff where I was like, this happened just because it's like, there's nothing memorable in it (laughs) about this movie. So yeah, I think 1.5 is like the highest that I would be willing to give it, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I definitely guess I will be the highest out of all of us. I'm going to go for a two Mm -hmm. out of five. It just, which uh, if you guys listen to the Fright Crew, you know that's super low for me already. I mean, to do like 1.5 or like a 1 or anything lower than that would just be like, I don't think that's ever happened, right, Courtney? I can't even imagine it. Uh, it so. did, yes. When we did the Grudge remake. Really? Yeah, I think you did a wow, 1.9 okay. maybe, I think. Wow, okay, Ooh, okay. Which All right. makes um, sense. And I know Rubber, I absolutely <laughs> fucking hated oh, yeah. but, um. But that was because, like, that movie was, like, shitting on the audience. At least this one was, like, kind of still trying to cater to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to justify that two out of five, which I don't have to do much, but I'd say, like, Jackie Earl, Earl Haley, like, he's such a great actor. Um, and I think overall, like, like we were all saying, like, the script didn't lend to it, but, like, he was, he, he did the best he could. Mm-hmm. And he was a gross character, but I guess technically he played it well. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like some of the kills, like the intro kill is pretty cool. And at least, what do we got? 95 minutes as the runtime? Hey. <laughs> That's a point two that. star yeah. rating right there. Yeah, dude. Like we, hey, for real. Could you guys imagine two hour 15 for this? Absolutely. I would have been like, yo, Freddie, come get me. <laughs> huh? So yeah, I mean, two out of five, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Maybe 1.8. You know, to kind of right in the middle, yeah. <laughs> to pander to, to ba- your guys, I guess if, yeah. I was about to say, I guess if you balanced out our ratings, it would be mm-hmm. like a one point, one point seven, yeah. one point eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing that you can't take from either of these movies, not even from Nightmare, is both of them made a buttload of money yeah. when they came Did out. They? So okay, cool. Yeah, even even Nightmare made like a shit ton of money. Granted, mm-hmm. the backlash yeah. after people saw the film. <laughs> was pretty bad yeah it still made a lot of money in the box office so (laughs) good for them yeah successful money wise but not in people's hearts but it'd be like that (laughs) sometimes but that's it for the verses we've got a definitive winner at least amongst ourselves but i would like to hear what you guys think of either one of these movies which one do you prefer um which one do you think would win if you had to put them head to head but before we let you guys know where to find us, where can the homies find the Fright Crew? Oh, man, I got to go back to work. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, got to clock out. <laughs> yes. Right, dude. Yes, we are the Fright Crew, as we mentioned quite a few times. Um, I'm Jensen. That's Courtney. Yeah, we're a weekly podcast as well. Um, we always talk about it that we all kind of started around the same time. You guys are like literally a couple weeks before us or something. Our anniversaries are both like right around the same time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And uh, yeah, we do similar things. We just take like a uh, technically every month. We do like three consistent weeks of a theme. So we just did. Uh, we just wrapped up our David Lynch month mm-hmm. or David Lunch month, as we were calling <laughs> it. And totally classic. It was fun times. And um, yeah, we always 
we, we like weird stuff. Um, we've been really, really catering to that lately over the past year that it's just been Courtney and I, we really jumped into doing just like, uh, the weirder, the better, honestly, you know, like movies like Teton, Onks, like things like that, that are just like, not everyone's heard of and they're fun. And like when we had you guys on, it was Skinnamarink versus, uh, or no, it was just Skinnamarink, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Duh. Skinnamarink yeah, versus I just, We talked about so many yeah. other films yeah. that, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we like to do the weird stuff sometimes and and have fun with it. So, and we, we perform an autopsy on our little movies <laughs> and have a good time and we're very silly goosey and, uh, yeah, stay spooky as we always say. Mm-hmm. And to also give some flowers since you threw some our way, um, you guys have a phenomenal rapport. Um, I personally, I only get to listen to so many other podcasts just with scheduling and like. Thankfully, you guys are one of the ones that I have listened to and one, the amount of work that you put into figuring out information on these films and then your conversations, the, the back and forth that you guys have is, I think if you're a listener from us and you enjoy the way that we talk about films, like you will fit right in with the Fright Crew in terms of like the way that they break things down. Mm-hmm. You stay true to yourselves in terms of like your personalities and the kind of movies that you want to cover, you guys do you. And I really appreciate that. And so, like, yeah. you're, you're a joy to listen to. And if you're not listening, you should be now. Mm-hmm. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you guys can find them where you find us, wherever you find our podcast. Type yep. them in. All Spotify. They're there Apple as well. Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And... Yeah. So please, please, please go and give them a listen. And then... You know us. Um, we're <laughs> on social media, uh, homies of horror on everything. You can also email us. We're homies of horror at gmail.com. Or if you want to get into our Discord, um, the link for that is in our social media bio. Discord is where we hang out with the homies every day of the week to chit chat about horror, but other things as well. So if you'd like to come through there and say hello and what's up to us and everybody else, we'd love to have you there normally on monday we would be streaming no stream tonight just a heads up if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out we will be taking a break so no stream this monday but you can still go to the link in our bio to follow us on twitch so that when we do go live again you'll get notified and last but never least if you were so inclined we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It helps more people find our show, helps us get more listeners, and we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of it. So over on Apple Podcasts, you can do both if you have an Apple account. Please do so for the Fright Crew as well. And then slip on over to Spotify to rate us over there as well. Just go to our names and hit the stars underneath to leave the rating. But you better give them a five stars or else I'm coming to your house. And I'm <laughs> be right there with you. Passing out the smooches. Oh. <laughs> Lighting your sleeping bags on fire. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Crispy tits. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I hesitate. I know. I saw that. I saw that moment where you were like, is this, am I doing this? <laughs> but that's it for us, homies. Thank you so much for hanging out. And we will be seeing you guys next time for more spooky stuff. Catch you next time, homies. Bye. Bye. Bye.